0: Hello and welcome to Against the Wall. I'm Jason Walls. Well, thank you very much for joining me. We've got a lot to discuss, so stick around. We're going to start by talking about the markets and, of course, looking into that Microsoft acquisition of LinkedIn. Then I'm joined by ASB's Tim Kelleher to have a look at all the currency market news this week. And then, of course, we'll be looking at the macroeconomic stories as well before finishing up by taking a look at the Brexit and why Britain needs to vote to stay in the EU. But first, let's have a look at the markets. So the big news this week was Microsoft announced that it was buying LinkedIn for $26 billion US dollars. So this deal is the third biggest acquisition in the history of the tech sector. Both Microsoft and LinkedIn bosses have talked the acquisition up, saying the deal would transform the workers and the business in terms of worldwide productivity. So it's a pretty big call. But looking at the numbers, LinkedIn's 2015 revenue was just under $3 billion US dollars, and that was up. From 2.2 billion the year before, and it has roughly 222 million users. Now, Microsoft, on the other hand, have revenue of almost 100 billion dollars in 2015, and with more than 12 billion dollars profit. So, the deal, which has been called a surprise because it wasn't really signaled, is good news for LinkedIn as Microsoft bought their shares at a 50 percent premium. So, when acquisitions like this occur, one company has to buy shares in another. So, in this case, Microsoft. Microsoft paid $196 per share. So to compare with New Zealand, one of the most expensive shares traded on the NZX is that of Westpac's, which is $30 per share. So it gives you a little bit of a sense of the size here. Once this deal was announced, LinkedIn's shares soared, and they now sit at just over $190 per share. But this is still off its peak, and in February, shares were $296. So Microsoft's shares are worth just over $50, but its market capitalization basically how much the company's worth is nearly 400 billion dollars. So this move will help to apparently revitalize Microsoft according to its chief executives and he has high hopes for the future. In fact he plans to connect Microsoft Office with LinkedIn so it's going to be interesting to see how this one actually plays out. All right now it's time to have a look at the currency markets and I'm joined by ASB's Tim Kelleher and Andrew Patterson.
1: The Kiwi dollar rising 3.6% against the British pound last week. That's up 6% for June so far. Tim, is just a potential Brexit? Is that the only reason pushing the dollar up at the moment? Combo of both, Andrew. Certainly the sterling more volatile since the GFC and certainly uh, extremely weak in the last, well, I'd say a week, but it's been over the last month as well. But in the last week, we've had a double combo, no uh, rate cut from the RBNZ, and then obviously the sterling weakness going into Brexit.
0: So is that people just worried that the fact that they might leave the euro and that's pushing the value of the pound down? Yeah, that's correct. And the polls are,
1: you know, you look at one poll, it's 50-50. You look at another poll, it's 55-45. If you look at the bookies, they're probably slightly favouring not leaving, but mm. you know that's people's own opinion. So, of course, if you look at the outcome of the Scottish referendum, it didn't even get close, so are the polls a reasonable indicator at the moment? Well, it's So-so. As I said, if you look at the Leave campaign's very strongly in front, vice versa, the Remain campaign says their numbers are strong, the bookies probably slightly more biased to Remain than Leave, but that's own people's money, so do you trust Betfair over the Financial Times poll? I mean, that's the, the, that's the call, but certainly uh, seeing a lot of weakness in the sterling particularly in the last three to four days and a lot of volatility.
0: So why is it is it just a perception if they leave the EU there's going to be a lot of economic strife and things are going to be potentially quite difficult for them? Yeah and that's the thing we don't I
1: think it's unknown what the outcome is but the first negative is people think it's bad for the economy but you know a lower sterling is actually going to help them in the medium term so I don't know whether it's a buy the rumour sell the fact but certainly uh, some pressure on the currency at the moment. I mean this is really an unprecedented situation isn't it? there's nothing really to benchmark against it in terms of what the implication could be no and the thing is it was just sort of one of those inherent promises we'll vote on it in four years time and all of a sudden we're here and the refugee crisis got worse and you know you've got boat people arriving on the white cliffs of Dover all of a sudden and uh, you know it becomes quite relevant but what I gather is that the younger age set want to stay in the euro and it's the older set that want to leave so it's you know it's the
0: more elderly who don't like the influx of immigration. All right, now Grant Walker is with me and we're looking at the biggest economic stories of the week. Well, Germany's economy hit a milestone this week. What sort of milestone? What's the latest? Well, this week, the German 10-year bond hit 0%. Now, although this doesn't really sound terribly exciting, it is actually quite a big deal because this is the first time that these 10-year bonds have been this low in German history. And it's really a good illustration, I think, of what's happening throughout Europe. And of course, as we've talked about a lot on this program, Europe's economy is really struggling, and that's not news at all. We've got the easy money through quantitative easing through the ECB with its ultra low interest rates and their bond buying spree have really helped to force these bond prices down. And of course, we know that Germany's government bond isn't the first one to go below zero. In fact, there are a few right now that you actually have to pay the government or whoever holds the bond to have the privilege of having that. So it's a really big step in the economy right now. And we see that although there have been these economic factors that are Driving these bond prices down, it seems to be the thing that's tipped it over the edge. Is Britain leaving the EU? Now, let's be clear: this would be quite an economic disaster for the European Union because it's going to play havoc. It already has played havoc with the euro, and when the economy is really kind of living off the smell of a dirty rag at the moment, anyway, it's any sort of movement like this could be quite detrimental. And it's the same with Britain as well. All the economic indicators are pointing to if. They leave there will be a lot of economic strife there of course there's the other side of that where the people who are in the remain camp say that britain will actually prosper after this however it's a lot harder to put any sort of forecast on this because it's just so uncertain so it's really going to be interesting times ahead because if britain do leave the eu it's going to be a different story and of course we're going to probably be seeing a lot more of these bonds go down to zero percent or even lower in the future as well
1: so Important news, the US Fed. What have they decided?
0: Well, the Fed decided to keep their interest rates on hold at 0.25 to 0.5%, opting not to surprise the market. Now, speculation was rife as to whether the Fed would hike at this meeting, but as the date got closer, the market actually began to price out the chances of a hike. Now, although the Fed opted not to increase their interest rate this time around, it did indicate two more cuts were on the way this year. However, the Fed did lower its economic growth rate forecast for 2016 to just 2% and that's down from 2.2% and its outlook for 2017 is down to 2% as well when it was previously 2.1%. However, investors weren't really sold that the Fed were going to hike as many times as that this year. In fact, Janet Yellen said in December after hiking interest rates for the first time in nearly 10 years that she was planning to do another four hikes in 2016 and of course that isn't looking to eventuate at all so so the New Zealand dollar jumped after the decision as investors began to price out the chances of two other rate hikes this year, as Yalen said. However, looking forward, eyes have turned to the next meeting where expectations are beginning to creep in that a hike will occur. Of course, that meeting comes after the all-important Brexit vote in the UK, so the Fed will very much be looking at that as a key contributor as to whether or not they're going to hike rates that month. Well, the Brexit is the word on everybody's tongue at the moment. Now, if you're unaware of what that means, Brexit is basically shorthand for Britain leaving the European Union. So there are people that are backing a Brexit and there are people that are backing what has become known as the Remain, which is short for Britain remaining in the EU. It's all quite creative. I know I love how people merge these words together. So on June 23rd, which is next week, British citizens will go to the polls and cast their vote on what they would prefer to stay in the EU or to go. So it's a binding referendum. It means that whatever side gets the most votes will end up happening. For example, if 53% of people are in favor of leaving, then Britain shall leave the European Union. It's as simple as that. So obviously, there is a lot riding on this vote. In fact, I would go as far as saying this is probably the most important referendum in history. This is because Britain is a huge part of the European Union. And when I say huge, I mean it's really big. In fact, Britain actually Has the second highest GDP in Europe and it's second only to Germany. Britain's GDP alone totals the bottom 20 countries in the 28 state bloc combined. So Britain's GDP, to put that in context, is 11 times higher than New Zealand's. So it's a huge economy and it's hugely important to the European Union. So I'm going to attempt to explain what the Brexit is about and some of its implications, as well as what Europe will look like post-referendum, regardless of what happens in the vote. So basically, going back a few years, the vote was born because of skeptics. So those are people who are unsure about the future of the UK in the European Union. And they're the same people that stopped Britain from adopting the euro in 1999. Now, although the argument is quite complicated, when you really boil it down, the two main schools of thoughts on each side is basically financial stability versus mass immigration. So the argument goes for the Remain camp, of course, that's Britain staying in the EU. If Britain does decide to leave, there will be a lot of financial instability. So the Brexit camp, the people that are wanting to leave the EU, are worried about the flow of migration. Now, as it stands, Britain takes on roughly 500 people to its population every day because of migration. Now, most political leaders are against Britain leaving, as it would create, as they say, havoc in the markets and in the global economy. However, there are a few exceptions. Of course, one of the main ones is London's ex-mayor, Boris Johnson. Now, if Britain were to leave, a few things are going to happen. Now, the first thing is to do with trade, because the rules of trading with Britain, which are quite complicated, would have to completely be rewritten. So at the moment, it's quite easy for countries within the EU to trade with each other, because trade is free. When the EU was formed, there was the elimination of many tariffs in many countries, which basically means that tax on imports costed less to give exporters a better incentive to trade with each other. So, of course, these rules would have to be written, and it would become very uncertain for British companies looking to trade with Europe. And, of course, at the moment, Europe accounts for almost half of the UK's exports. So you can see why this would be an issue for many British companies. Now, official statistics show that the UK could support a population of around 20 million people without any imports. So basically if it was just going off what it had. And this is just for food and things like that. So the UK's population is 65 million. So although leaving the EU doesn't necessarily mean all imports would stop. Of course there are other countries in the world that Britain trades with, not just the EU. It shows how important that trade is for Britain. So there would also be confusion for a long time while people worked out how the new trading rules would work. And that would lead to millions and millions, potentially billions of dollars in lost trade as well. So that's not to mention the sheer cost of rewriting these trade rules, because of course, people have got to be hired to do this. And this is an exercise that would take a long time as well. Now, on the Brexit side, one of the main things that they're talking about is the mass level of migration going into Great Britain. And I mentioned before, 500 new people a day. Now, this has really been into the spotlight, especially with the European migrant crisis, because in the EU, there is quite Quite easy immigration flow and if you want to go from one place to another it's quite easy because of some of the visa regulations there so for example if you're a spanish electrician and you want to go to germany because there's a shortage of electricians over there it would be quite easy and it kind of kills two birds with one stone in germany you plug the gap of electricians and you actually get a job so it makes it easier for people however also it means that people can move around so people can move to some of the high-end countries and collect welfare without necessarily having to contribute much to society And that's one of the main arguments for the Brexit because they say that there are too many migrants in Britain at the moment and it's weighing down on the economy. Now, there's been a lot of numbers thrown around about how much it costs Britain to stay in the EU. So there has been a campaign that says it's roughly £350 million per week, so around 700 million New Zealand dollars. However, it's likely to be closer to $200 million when all the irrelevant costs that were just basically thrown in there to help the argument are taken into account. That works out roughly to be about £2 per person per week. So in context, it really doesn't seem like a lot of money to maintain financial stability. The financial implications of of the Brexit would be quite big as well. Even though it hasn't happened yet, the very threat of a Brexit is having a massive effect on markets. Now, the UK pound has plummeted in the last few months as the debate has dragged on. And the main reason behind this is simple. Uncertainty. Markets hate uncertainty. And it's not just the markets that are reacting like this as well. The British Central Bank, the Bank of England, whose job it is to regulate other banks and generally keep the economy performing well, have more or less said that the Brexit would bring about a lot more economic uncertainty. And in fact, the Bank of England Governor Mark Carney has previously said if Britain were to leave the EU, it risked lower growth, higher inflation, and possibly even a recession. Now, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, has said similar things, but the British equivalent of New Zealand's finance minister has actually taken it one step further and said Britain will be guaranteed to have a recession if a Brexit occurs. So the question for New Zealand is really this, how is it going to affect us? Well, here to answer that question is NZIER senior economist John Bollingall. So John, how will Britain exiting the EU affect New Zealand?
1: Well, I think the key word in terms of how it's going to affect New Zealand is uncertainty. No one knows quite how it's going to play out. Uh, But most of of the economic modelling suggests that the UK economy is going to grow more slowly. And as a result, they're going to demand less of New Zealand's exports. And by our back of the envelope calculation, we reckon that's going to be about $190 million worth of exports to the UK that will have to find a new home.
0: So how likely is a Brexit? Well, it's actually quite hard to tell. The polls consistently keep swinging. One of the more recent ones shows the Leave campaign has taken a slight lead ahead by 53%, but last week it was a different story, and the week before that it changed as well. So it's really quite hard to know where everything stands. But next week, on Thursday, June 23rd, history will be made, and I hope to all things holy that Britain remains in the EU, because otherwise, The picture that emerges economically after that will be completely uncertain, and it might even be a whole new world. Well, thank you very much for joining me. That's all we've got time for this week. Pretty quiet in terms of news next week. We have the RBA Minutes, and apart from that, it's only really the UK referendum, so not a whole lot going on. Thank you very much for joining me. You can follow me on SoundCloud or on Twitter. I'm JasonWalls92, but this has been Against the Wall with Jason Walls.